And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. All right, welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I am Wade Lentz, pastor at Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas. I am joined with my friend and co-host, Harold Smith. Harold, you've been the, the traveling preacher here the last uh, few days, you just got back from a a preaching uh, tour, I guess you could say. You go on tour, you know. Those big big name preachers go on tour. You were in Texas, right? Yeah, my tour bus is my wife's Toyota Rav Four. It's kind of small, <laughs> a little cramped, but it gets me there. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I preached for Pastor Randall Easter in Azel, Texas, which is just outside of Fort Worth, at By the Word Baptist Church. Uh, they do a conference every year, Easter week. They'll have a, a preaching session. They'll have a meal and then a preacher and then a Q&A each night of Easter week. And I preached there Monday night and Tuesday night. And then he had Alan Nelson come in and preach uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night. And then um, I believe the man I didn't know, Friday night's preacher, Jonathan Murdoch. But Alan and I were kind of joking, you know, it may take a Texan to straighten out four days of Arkansas preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're not used to that, and uh, but it was well-received. I, I know Pastor Randall, and uh, I've, he's really become a dear friend. Uh, Derek Melton, the pastor of, First, of uh, Grace Life Church in Pryor, he came mm-hmm. down and spent a few days there with us as well. So there's really a lot of preacher fellowship, a lot of telling war stories. Um, yeah. It was just a lot of fun, really, and uh, the people received the word very well. So I preached at West Park Baptist in Ozark, Arkansas, where I'm the interim pastor, and then I hopped in my truck and went to Fort Worth and preached out there, and then I got back just in time to have a good old Baptist business meeting last night. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Been a busy week. No, and, no fights or quarrels or anything? Actually, I'm gonna, I shouldn't share the church's business publicly, but I want to brag on these people. We, we cleaned up the church role or began the process. I read all 232 names one at a time. We, Mm -hmm. we said, are they active, inactive? Where are they? Of course, you know, we found one had passed away and Mm -hmm. some had different last names and were on there twice. And we removed a few that we had just knew were members in other churches and Anyway, right. when it was all said and done, I said, when we find the pastor of this church, he owes me a Christmas card for doing all this before he showed up. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah. but it went well and everyone was Great. understanding. Everyone agreed that this needed to be done. And so it was a real blessing because I've done this where people was like, I don't know why little Johnny can't be a member here forever. And 
mm-hmm. live like the devil and never come here, you know, right, and right. It was a sign of the maturity of the church and being taught from the Bible why this needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a, I was very prayerful going into it that things wouldn't implode mm-hmm. and it, it yeah. was very positive. Wow. Now the church that your interim pastor at, is that an SBC church or? No, what? it is a BMA church, Baptist Missionary okay. Association. Okay. Actually a BMA church plant. Um, the pastor started the church about 22 years ago and, uh, it's, I, I didn't know much about the BMA. I grew up ABA and then about the seventh grade, my parents got tired of us four and no more. So we mm-hmm. went to the largest Baptist church in our town, which was the first Baptist church. And really looking back on it, that, that prepared me for the ministry. I saw the little small argumentative, you know, clickish, mm-hmm. um, small church that I grew up in. And then I went to the largest Southern Baptist church. I saw all the programs. I saw all the, you know, I'm going here yeah. because I'm running for mayor, you know, right, right. because my wife is that works at the school or whatever. I saw both sides of the coin and the BMA, I would say is in between the SBC and the ABA, the missionary Baptist and the Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. they split off of the ABA in 1950 and they're big enough to do mission work effectively but they're small enough that the churches know each other. The pastors right. know each other. I think there's somebody told me there was 1300 BMA churches in America. Wow. If you get 1300 churches that all agree on their doctrine. You can be very effective in mission and evangelism. And they sure, are, sure. they are very serious about church planning and the time, kind of churches they plant. They're not woke. Mm-hmm. You know, pastor, yeah. if, you, if I, I'm just going to say this, if you're Southern Baptist and you're fed up with the bureaucracy, but you're not confident enough to be like you or I were and just become a not independent in IFB sense, but just a unaffiliated Baptist church. You don't want to go that route. Mm-hmm. You might give the BMA a look. Yeah. They, uh, they have a mixture of doctrines of grace, non-doctrines of grace, preachers and churches. Um, yeah. But they're a whole lot more functional than the, than the SBC. Speaking of being functional in the SBC, I think we've got a presidential race heating up, don't we? We, we do June and, uh, here this coming up very soon here in June in Anaheim, California, uh, Tom Askell, long time conservative, uh, really a voice of the conservative, uh, uh, of the SBC is running for the first time. I mean, he, he has, uh, he's been very in- influential in his, uh, in the convention, trying to call the convention back to its roots. And, uh, he is running against Bart Barber, which is, he, he is a pi- pastor. Bart is in Farmersville, Texas. I don't know where that's at, but it sounds like the country, yeah. but, uh, Bart is, uh, a longtime pastor there. He is running against Tom Askell. And, uh, now just my opinion, if Tom loses, I believe you're going to see an exodus of the conservatives leaving the SBC because here is the man that's been pushing the conservative movement for 30 plus years. And, uh, he's now running. And, uh, if he loses, I I just, I just see a mass exodus out. Well, we saw a a pretty good exodus when Mike stone didn't get elected in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's been largely downplayed. People have act like it didn't happen. But no more Southern Baptists than I know personally. I've talked to many 
multiple pastors just in my small circle that have left the Southern Baptist Convention due to the way, not just because Mike didn't win. It wasn't like sour grapes. Mm-hmm. It was just the whole attitude of the convention as a whole, the way Mike was slandered and nobody took his side. And right. I mean, they were just fed up. They couldn't get a motion on the floor. And, and the guy carrying all these to the floor was none other than Tom Askell. Sure, sure. And so if you were still hanging into the convention, you know, hoping next time will be different. And I know several preachers that are. Mm-hmm. All right, here you go. Here, Here's the guy that was carrying all these, that was ruled out of order, that was told, you know, to go sit down and be quiet and leave them alone. Mm-hmm. he's now agreed to take it. And I, you know, I think I speak for both of us. I love Tom. Askell. I, right. Right. The, my only fault with Tom Askell is he doesn't know the word quit. You know, yeah. he has no concept of ever leaving. Sure. Cause I, I've quizzed him on Twitter and I, I would be like, Tom, do you ever see a point where you say the Southern Baptist convention is too far gone? And he said, Oh, I'm sure that point exists. I just don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, for you and I, it was several years ago. Sure. And it hasn't gotten better since we've left out of there years ago. Right. When I look at it, I just see Tom is almost faithful to a fault. You know, he he cannot turn loose. But I I put this on Twitter uh, a couple days ago. I said, someone needs to make a motion that the next president of the Southern Baptist Convention be thoroughly furnished with chest waders for the pile of crap he's about to wade off into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, you know, win, lose, or draw, this ain't pretty. Right, and right. it's not. And, and as much as I love Tom, part of me says I hope he doesn't win it because he's going to take the beating of his life if he does. Absolutely. It will yes. be like Donald Trump. When Donald Trump won the election, everybody was shouting, and I was like, dude, the first bullets have just been fired. The war's just getting started. Uh-huh. And he was in a constant battle every day. Right. And right. wait, I just feel like I, I just hate to see Tom get it. I loved Mike Stone, still love Mike Stone, call him oh, a yeah. good friend. But I, you know, I wanted him to win the, the presidency, but I, I almost wanted to say, man, I don't want to see my friends go through what you're going to go through if you win this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how really vile, um, the, the things that they put Mike Stone and his family through uh, last June and leading up to that vote last year in Nashville. And, and the same thing, as we get closer to uh, June, uh, you're going to see more and more of this uh, against Tom Askell. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's never pleasant to see. And uh, you're right, it's going to be a uphill battle should he win um, from here on out, you yeah. know. So, and I, I hate to keep using politics as a, a reference to the Southern Baptist Convention, but they're both bloated bureaucracies that were created with good documents that over time were corrupted by men and disinterest of the people. Mm-hmm. If you look at the American political system and the shape we're in, and you look at the Southern Baptist Convention and the shape they're in, there's a whole lot of, of parallels. Yes. When I'm looking at that, you have to keep in mind the people that, that are going to be attacking Tom Askell, it's not going to be Bart Barber. He's a nice, decent guy. He's going to be politically nice. It is the people, it is the power brokers in the convention that control things. The reason they have so much at stake is there's billions of dollars Mm -hmm. circulating through this convention and that money, all these people are getting cuts out of it. They're employees there. 
Sure. And they have uh, trustees that are loyal to them. And if you don't realize there's billions of dollars at stake and people are going to pull out all strings and all stops to ensure that their cash flow continues, you're mm-hmm. kidding yourself. Yeah, you're but right. Trump ran for reelection against Joe Biden. I mean, there, there was no end right down to, I believe, cheating in the election. All mm-hmm. sorts of shenanigans were pulled in yes. order not to do not to shake up the status quo and keep this right. political system in place. If you think the Southern Baptist Convention is above that, I, I pity your ignorance. I mm-hmm. mean, I honestly do. If you sure. think the Southern Baptist Convention is full of devout, God-fearing people top to bottom, pull your head out of the sand and look at what's been going on for the last year. Yeah. If Tom wins this, and I hope he does. He knows what he's getting into. But it's not going to be pretty. It's just going to be the beginning of birth pains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Well, I again, I make the prediction here, and you've heard it here. Uh, if if he loses, I think there will be a just a it'll be a letting a lot of air out of the balloon, you know, type type yeah. scenario. And uh, I think a lot more conservatives will be leaving the SBC. A lot and, more Christians uh, will be leaving. Yeah, the yeah, the Christian exodus out, out of the SBC. Well, let's uh, change our, our topic to what we really want to speak on a little bit more in detail. And it has to do with conservatism, and that is the dangers of being a conservative but not a Christian. Yeah. We're seeing more and more of this where uh, conservatives or quote-unquote conservatives are uh, taking stands on things that are anti-Christian, that are anti-Bible. Uh, for instance, you know, Fox News just recently uh, hired Caitlyn Jenner to be a correspondent, uh, or you know, Bruce Jenner. So here's Fox News, a conservative network, hires a transgender to be the voice of conservatism, and then also, I guess it was a few weeks ago, David Rubin of the Rubin report. Uh, Is he the who, guy that made the Rubin sandwich? That's I like that. Ruben that's, yeah, sandwich. that's a different Rubin though. Okay. <laughs> this Rubin here is a homosexual conservative who is married and is, they're going to have two kids through surrogacy. And um, it's very telling of how many people congratulated this guy people like um megan kelly conservative florida's governor's office spokesperson congratulated the blaze prager you uh puts out on his twitter account facebook account congratulations uh that's today's conservatism and that is very concerning to me uh we we're seeing more and more of this i I have a kind of go ahead I have a theory as to why this is happening. And the theory, my theory is, and, and I, I haven't really formulized it much. It just was going through my mind while you were talking. Used to conservatives were seen as the Christian wing, you know, mm-hmm. they had their God, their guns and their, you know, Bible or whatever, their God, their guns and their guts. You know, you had yeah. that whole God attachment. And I think what conservatives are doing is they're looking at the voting public and they're seeing such a promotion of the LBGT, mm-hmm. whatever that those acronyms are. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're seeing that as more and more mainstream. And so they're looking at that as a voter block that they have to have. 
Yeah. And so I really think modern conservatism is more about winning elections than it is about convictions built upon conservative value. Sure, sure. And so rather than just going there and saying, here's my core values, this is what's important to me, they're looking at things and going, we can't win unless we include this segment of the population because we don't have a big enough voting block. Mm-hmm. Well, once yeah. you swallow that first set, whatever the next biggest voting block is, you're going to have to consume their ideas. Right. So now this is not an ideology built on conviction. This is a formula for winning an election. Mm-hmm. And if you look at many people who are masquerading as conservatives today, on election years, they say what we all want to hear is conservatives. Sure. When they get up there and it's not an election year, they do whatever they want that benefits them in their pocketbook. Right, right. No doubt that's the case here. Uh, but this this kind of a conservatism, I don't want any part of. Me neither. And it, it seems as if the Republican Party is leaning more this way, more and more. And uh, that, that's very alarming to me. But I, I think the whole uh, issue is, is that we as Christian families— need to stop teaching so much of conservatism, you know, be a, be a Republican, be a conservative, teach them the Bible yeah, and, uh, you know, pray that the Lord uh, birthed them into his kingdom and they are saved. And then they have a biblical worldview, not a worldview of conservatism because conservatism alone is a, is a, uh, it's, it, it changes with time. So a conservative today in 2022 would be a liberal in 1950. Yeah. So, but the truths of God's word does not change in time. That's a great point. And I think it's, it's the church's fault. And and I I say churches, I think it plural churches. I don't believe in a big universal church, but Mm -hmm. you take a very influential Southern Baptist church, like first Baptist church, Dallas, Robert Jeffers or Jeffries or whatever you say his name. Yeah. Jeffress, yeah, he's got Donald Trump speaking in his pulpit. Right. If you really think what's going to fix America is promoting Donald Trump, and you vacated Scripture and and a a set time and day to proclaim God's word to His people, you right. vacate that for a political speech of any kind. Yeah. This is our yeah. problem. You're more concerned with becoming a conservative than you are with being a Christian. And mm-hmm. here's why this is important, Wade. If you are a Christian, your politics will work themselves out. Right. If you truly understand God's word, you can't be okay with the mass execution of unborn children. Well, that's going to that's, that's right. going to whittle out one thing of the other side of the platform. Well, I, I disagree with them on this. If, if you truly are a Christian, you're going to disagree with the ideologies of the LGBTQ forcing it on us. We all have to embrace this. Those things work themselves out. The issues work themselves out. So you mm-hmm. and I don't get up and start preaching vote Republican. We get up and preach Christ. And when right. people become a Christian, right. they start molding and shaping their lives accordingly. And they're going to end up in some kind of a libertarian Tea Party conservative. That's just where the Bible will lead you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't mean that if you're a Democrat, you can't be a Christian. But if you're going to apply the biblical precepts of God's word, you're going to be a compassionate conservative. Absolutely. And I'm using the word compassionate because that's what the Democrats always say. Well, if you're a conservative, you don't care about the poor. You don't care about minorities. That's not the case. I care right. about them. 
I just don't think your programs are lifting them up out of their minority status mm-hmm. or out of their poverty. I think your programs are keeping them there. Right, right. So just be a, raise your children to be Christians. Yes. Otherwise, you're handing them over to Ben Shapiro, and they're learning from an Orthodox Jew for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and look, you, you can raise a conservative, uh, but conservatism alone saves no one. Uh, and matter of fact, conservatism alone will lead you straight to hell. It is Christ alone who saves. And, uh, and, and if truth be known, there probably are more conservatives in hell than there are liberals. Oh, sure. But, uh, they're, they're, re, re, they have rejected Christ. They have rejected God's word. And so, yeah, instill in them the Bible instill in them, uh, the scriptures and they will be a conservative. Yeah. Uh, they will be uh, more than just a conservative by the uh, through what the world sees them. They would be a ultra conservative. And well, uh, so Christians need less government because right. they self govern because they're accountable to Christ. Yes, the Holy Spirit dwells within them. They are on a, a constant relationship of repentance and faith. They're under this ongoing evaluation of their own life. And the Bible instructs us to obey the laws of the land unless they interfere with our ability to worship and serve our God, then we choose him first. Mm -hmm. But what I'm seeing from the left is just a piling on of laws. I mean, they want to regulate whether we can use straws or not, Yeah, you know, because a sea turtle might die. Right. I mean, it's not that Christians hate sea turtles. It's that we're responsible enough not to throw our trash out on the side of the road. We'll put it in the trash and trust the the system to 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 work to work. Yeah. And so I, I just see a big emphasis on we need to raise our kids to you know vote conservative, and you're missing the boat. We need to raise our kids to be Christians, and and the voting stuff will take care of itself. Hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It. Uh, you know we're getting close to November's, uh, the, the midterm elections. And, and there's a great push. I know here in Arkansas, uh, to, you know, there's, there's a governor's race and Senate race and all those things, but yeah, every, every state office is up for grabs because we've redistricted the whole state. Yes. Every yes. Senator, every state Senator and every state representative is running for reelection and there are new districts added. And so, mm-hmm. This will be the biggest primary we've had in years. At nearly everybody in the state will have a primary race just because of redistricting. Yeah, yeah. And but you know what I'm what I'm saying is is what we're our topic is today. There's there's going to be growing pressure put upon conservatives to conform to the LGBTQ mm-hmm. XYZ, you know, crowd because of some of the leading conservatives have endorsed this. Um, let me tell you something. A Christian should never congratulate, should never congratulate uh, a homosexual marriage or a homosexual uh, adopting kids. Uh, that is wrong. So don't ever do that. And if you see a conservative congratulating a, a homosexual, uh, no then please know that they are not conservative. Yeah. They're not conservative. They, they may be uh, physically conservative as far as their taxes and all those things, but uh, they're, they have no, they do not have we, a scriptural worldview at all. We saw that in Russell Moore when he was the chairman of the 
what was that ethics and religious liberties yeah, ERLC. erlc yeah and they asked him would he attend a gay wedding and he said no probably not but i would go to the reception afterwards yeah right and, well what did we find out about russell moore what we suspected all along he is who he thought we was you know right. we thought he was yeah um this ideology that we can embrace these people look i i know I know that we ought to be kind to all people, but there ought to be some things that we just say, hey, look, I, I'm not okay with this. And you're not going to force me to be okay with this. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't wish you ill will. I'm not trying to end what you're doing. I'm just not playing along. And what I see in the conservative side of things, they want so bad to keep up with the other side. That mm -hmm. I mentioned a man to you earlier uh, when we were talking, Milo Yiannopoulos. And I looked him up today. I didn't remember a bunch about him. I just remember about five years ago, he was the like the greatest thing. He was going to be the next Ben Shapiro. He was this young mm -hmm. guy. He was he was really had a, an intelligent mind. He was he looked like all the cool kids. He wasn't Ben Shapiro with his little yarmulke. He was this really cool hip guy, and yeah. he was gay, and he was a hardcore conservative, and he was working for Breitbart News. Mm. And I mean, he was just sailing up through the ranks, but he was gay. And I mean, he yeah. looked gay. He acted gay. Everything huh. about him screamed, I'm gay. Right. The conservative pack, what is it, CPAC or whatever, they yeah. had him slated to speak. Uh, Simon & Schuster was, was writing his biography. Hmm. And he was young. And then he came out and said, you know, it's really beneficial to children over the age of 13 to be engaged with sexual acts with older people. It helps them understand things. Oh, and my. they were like, are you advocating pedophilia? And he said, no, I just think it could be beneficial when you're 13, you're old enough to know mm. Simon and Schuster dumped him. The conservative pack dumped him. Uh, Breitbart dumped him. Everybody dumped him. The point I'm making here with him, this all happened in 2017. What's the left discussing now? Is it not pedophilia? Is right. it not they want to reduce and lower the age of consent sure. to, to low teens? They want to educate kindergartners and sex and, and in alternative lifestyles. Mm. All of that was creeping in on the right side. Yeah. And people were enamored and were willing to overlook this glaring flaw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he was young and cool and the kids liked him. And then they were embarrassed with egg on their face when he was a pedophile. Right. And so now he's, he's been permanently banned from Twitter. He's just, I don't even know what he's doing. I don't know where he's at. Yeah. It's, he, they probably canceled him because of his name is so hard to pronounce. <laughs> well, he, he picked that name. He was originally <laughs> born like, um, Wagner, Milo Wagner, or something. but that's, okay. not, that's wow. not catchy. So <laughs> Yanopolis starts with a Y. I mean, it was, yeah, it was. Wow. Wow. But kind of like George Stephanopoulos, yeah, I, I can never say his name. That whole premise, <laughs> though, was they wanted to win a segment of people over to conservative sure. views. Sure, yeah. I think as Christians, we should be wanting to win people not to our political party, but we would want to win people to our faith. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, because that's the only lasting thing. And if if the if the heart is right, the hands and the head will be right. Absolutely. Yes. And you're so correct because conservatism is not, it is not the answer to America's problems. Christ is the answer to America's problems. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only answer to America's ills 
And it is not conservatism that should we that we should be seeking. It is Christ alone that we should be seeking and instilling into our children. And once that is uh, instilled in them, then they will have a scriptural worldview and see things uh, through the the mirror of God's word. And uh, that in in time will lead a nation to having conservative values. Right. And and. One of the things I want to point out, sometimes people will be critical of me. They'll say, Brother Harold, I don't know why it matters. If, if Christ is all that matters, why do you care so much that we are conservative in our politics or liberal? If you can be a Christian in both societies, here's the honest to goodness truth. If we are no longer conservative in our politics, it will not be long till the Christianity that you and I profess will be illegal. Mm-hmm. Just as it's becoming illegal in Canada just as conservative, and I'm using air quotes, conservative preachers in Canada went to jail, that's going to come to America. The reason Mm -hmm. I'm advocating conservatism in our politics is because that allows more freedom for the gospel to go forth, more freedom to preach our convictions. And and we receive this freedom by God. Mm -hmm. Our forefathers recognized it because they understood Christianity provided for it. It was Baptist and Baptist alone that argued for religious freedom. The Mm -hmm. Presbyterians wanted to make America a Presbyterian nation. The Church of England wanted to make America the Church of America. The Anglican Church wanted to control it. Every church that is not understood the relationship of church and state have all wanted to mandate their religion through the state. But Baptist and Baptist alone have argued for liberty of conscience. We're not going to force anybody to be something they don't want to be. So if we teach this brand of Christianity, biblical Christianity with Baptist values, what will happen is we'll be able to share the gospel. Those that believe the gospel will believe it. But if you give us our God-given freedoms and our right to assemble and be left alone, We'll do our thing. You do your thing. Quit forcing me to do what you're doing. I'm not forcing you to do what I'm doing. That Mm -hmm. kind of liberty is the way our country was established. We're losing that, and we're not losing it from the conservatives. We're losing it from the left. Right, right. So true. Well, I tell you, it's been a good topic. It's been something that's been on my heart for a while since I've seen these uh, these, uh, two uh, examples of David Rubin and Caitlyn Jenner and Fox News that uh, the conservatives are are starting to drift more and more to the left, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be a growing issue. It's going to be more and more pressure because if you get into the LGBTQ crowd, uh, they're going to want to take more, and uh, so it's a it's a concerning issue, and we do you know want to uh, encourage you to pray for our country. Uh, pray for our president and uh, the leaders in in his uh, in his administration, and pray that God would raise up some men and women who would instill God's word into their children, and thus become a stronger nation because of it. Well, Harold, it's always a joy to uh, to sit down and visit with you through Zoom. Yeah, same here. <laughs> it's better <laughs> when we can do it face to face, but it is. That's hard to do living two hours apart. It is, especially with gas prices so high. Maybe one of my preaching tours, I'll be in your area sometime. (laughs) I'll get you backstage passes. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us at the Patriot Pastors Podcast. We pray the Lord's blessings upon you.